Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. This morning we hear two stories of healing from the Gospel of Mark. The story of Jairus' daughter and the story of the hemorrhaging woman. Jairus is a member of the synagogue, a leader in the community, someone who is looked up to as, uh, as someone who is a paragon of virtue and decorum. And in a complete departure from those roles, he turns to Jesus because his daughter is ill. And anyone who has knelt at the bedside of someone they loved knows the desperation that Jairus is feeling this day. And so Jairus goes to this Jesus, this rabbi, this rabble-rouser, and says, please come and heal my daughter. But as, as Jesus is going to Jairus' house, he meets a hemorrhaging woman. And the, the, the gospel tells that she had been uh, she had been struggling with this condition for years, had gone to many physicians, none of them had been able to heal her, and so she was probably not only suffering a great deal, but she was estranged from the community. Because of her affliction, she could not worship in the synagogue, she was seen as ritually unclean, she could not participate in daily life. So not only was she suffering physically, but she was suffering emotionally as well. And these stories of healing are important for a number of reasons. For one, when Jesus says to that little girl, little girl, get up. Or when that woman touches her, his robe and he feels the power go out of him, these are meant to convey to us and to all the folks who have heard these stories for thousands of years the power of God and the power of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that power has fueled the good news as it is spread across the world. Also, we should take note that these two stories are sort of sandwiched in together. You know, one story begins and then it's interrupted with another and then the first story concludes. And that is not just a, uh, an odd circ uh, happenstance. That's not, you know, they didn't need an editor to uh, cut and paste there. Actually, this is communicating something as well. That healing is not only for someone like Jarius, but this hemorrhaging woman as well. That the power of God, the justice of God, the healing of God is for all of God's creation. But thirdly, I believe these stories are meant to communicate to us. They're meant to show us a blueprint of how we are meant to be Christ's disciples in the world. In fact, all of Jesus' miracles, not only the healings, are, besides being proofs of his power, can be teaching moments for how we are meant to be the body of Christ. When Jesus turns water into wine, we are called to celebrate God's blessings and God's abundant love for all of us. 
in the feeding of the 5,000, we are called to share what we have and then marvel how all are filled. And in healings, we are called to be agents of Christ's love in a broken world. Now, we talked about this last week, which I'm sure you all remember. But so I will not belabor the fact that we do live in a broken world. But once again, this week, we only need to open our paper or turn on our television and we can witness how truly conflicted we are. How in the midst of great joy, there is pain. How in the midst of triumph, there is exile. How in the midst of peace, there is yet again violence. And so the question arises again, how do we respond? How do we take up our cross and follow this Jesus? Well, I have one suggestion for you this morning, one ministry of this parish and of this diocese that I want to hold up today. And to hold that up, we're going to do something very unepiscopalian. We're going to have a bit of testimony this morning. I want to, uh, I am not going to use or abuse this pulpit for a shameless plug. But I do want to highlight one of the ways, one of the many ways that we here at the chapel respond to the need for God's healing in our world. And that is our Honduras medical mission. That mission has been going on for many years now. It is a special relationship between Mississippi and Honduras. And so many lives have been touched by the folk who have been part of that mission. And so I want to invite one, and the alumni are here this morning to answer questions. They also happen to have application forms for the next trip. Those are due quite soon. But most importantly this morning, I want to uh, invite uh, Sissy Flowers to come up and talk about how her participation in this important, mini- in this important ministry has changed her life of faith. Growing up in the Episcopal Church, the importance of service has been instilled in me from an early age. I have participated on mission trips to the coast to aid in Hurricane Katrina recovery and mission work right here in Jackson with inner-city children. All of these opportunities have opened my eyes to the importance of serving others. But my recent mission trips to Honduras have profoundly impacted my journey in faith. This journey became more meaningful when I went on my first trip with the Honduras Medical Mission as a senior in high school. My mom had been going on the mission trip for several years before, and seeing how much the trip meant to her, I was eager to share in this experience. Prior to arriving in Honduras, I was very apprehensive, not knowing what to expect and knowing only a handful of Spanish words. However, when our team arrived in the village of San Joaquin, we were welcomed with open arms from all of the villagers, and my fears were immediately allayed. I was overwhelmed with their graciousness and kindness and immediately knew that this place was special. 
Over the next couple of days, I formed strong relationships with the children of San Joaquin and the neighboring villages. I worked in the dental clinic, comforting, fright, comforting frightened children and communicating with warm smiles and hugs. After work, we played soccer with the children in the, time square, the town square and went on scenic heights on the mountain with them. When the week ended, I knew I had to find a way to come back to this special place that began to feel like home to me. However, after beginning college that August, I knew it would be difficult to find time to go back. This past December, I graduated from Ole Miss, and like most recent graduates, my life became filled with many uncertainties. I had just parted ways with some of my closest friends, and the next step in my professional career was far from clear. I felt uncertain of the plans that God had for me, yet I waited patiently for them. So when the opportunity arose to go back to San Joaquin, I felt like this was all part of his plan. Arriving in the village four years later, I again was overcome with emotions as I reconnected with my old friends. At this moment, I knew this was exactly where God wanted me to be. This year, our mission team faced many more challenges than my first experience. We were unable to secure the majority of our medical supplies and had to figure out ways to serve all of our patients with our limited resources. With our team and the villagers working together, we managed to use the supplies we had and overcame the obstacles that were set before us. Because of this, we were afforded more time with the villagers, laughing, playing, and worshiping together. During this time, I formed a special relationship with a seven-year-old girl named Kaylee. She sat by my side every evening during our worship service and never hesitated to help me as I stumbled through the Lord's Prayer in Spanish. The relationships that I formed made me realize what makes this trip so special is not simply being able to provide medical care to the villagers, but coming together and sharing God's gifts of love and compassion with one another. Through this, our mission's mantra, God Provides, became so much more clear to me. Because although we faced challenges, God knew his plans for us and provided for us and the people of San Joaquin. As I relate this to my faith, I realized that God had a plan mapped out for me all along. In giving me another opportunity to serve his people in Honduras, God laid out his plan for me. This purpose is to share his love and the gifts that he has given me with others. As I move into the next chapter of my life, I will carry this with me, knowing that God has provided each of us with gifts that he intends for us to share with the world. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Thank you so much for all that you have done in Honduras. We are so very grateful. All of us are called to be agents of God's love in a world that is yearning for healing. And whether that be in Honduras or with Stewpot or with Madcap or wherever life's journey takes you, that part of our discipleship of Christ 
is to be an agent of healing. And there we will find not only grace and the gifts that God has given us, but we will find Christ's love doing miracles far greater than we could ever imagine. Amen.